Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. What do you say after that? Unbelievable. Tension Nascar is defeated. Takaru, via decision. Um, in what was an incredible fight. Turns out we did need a couple more rounds. Doesn't matter. It's not excuse making. It's not copium. I'm not like that. Takaru knew the rules. Knew the rule set. He knew what the battle agreement was. Um, Tension Nascaro is probably the best, or certainly most talented, kickboxer I've ever seen. Um, My God, what a fight. I mean, this is a bit of a ramble, and I didn't really expect it to be I've got all these notes not on the main event literally jumped off the um, computer I haven't done waited to see quotes um, pretty clear to me they're both going to retire from kickboxing um, I'll see if any quotes come up in a minute um, uh, just looking now to see if there's any quotes you, you're getting me in real time it's supposed to be a professional podcast this but I mean Come on now. What do you expect? I promise I'll pick it up when I look at the rest of the card. Um, but the main event, I'm still processing it. I'm really, literally, I think the interviews, or certainly tension in the ring afterwards, is still ongoing as I'm recording this. I've just I've closed the uh, Abima down. I have to start recording. Because that was something else. Um... Let me just try and think about what happened, right? So earlier on, it was clear to see, and I was, I was correct in anticipating this. The tension was just too fast on the front foot um, and getting in and out of range. So popping the jab off and the kicks, and Takaru was getting hit pretty much every single time. Unable to get his head off centre. He tried to. Tension was popping him like a double M bag. Takaru starts getting closer. Um, worked that right body kick in that I did mention. Um, he only meant, worked it in a couple of times, but... He smacked that in, and I thought, here we go. He's got some semblance of, of strategy here. Um, opens up at the end of the round. Gets overzealous, as he always does. And just gets cracked. Clobbered with a uh, counter-left cross. 
which drops him. And to be honest with you, I thought it was over. I assumed given the... Uh, and for those... I mean, fucking, I haven't introduced a fucking podcast. I'm Carl Mack, and this is Combat Chronicles. They're talking about the match. Tension versus Takaru. Fucking hell, let me try and pull myself together. Because that's what Takaru did. Look at that, that's a segue. I told you, it's a professional podcast. Takaru got dropped badly. Heavily. And for me, for me, given the fact that he had to cut a lot of weight and, and the same day rehydration um, uh, clause, I assumed that he was on his last legs. Turns out that was not a factor. That was not a factor. Got caught with a good shot and got put down. It happens. Get, especially against someone like Tension. Second round, it's messy. There's an accidental head clash, which I, I, was, I did a little guesting on the uh, We Are Rising podcast. Um this week and said that would happen shorter southpaw versus taller orthodox both darting in and out it's, it's going to happen tension showed warrior spirit as uh, sound like chat here um, it, it, I thought the fight was going to be over then the, his eye looked really closed but he carried on um, Takaru then dumped him on his ass tension loves to make a mountain out of a molehill with these things look the head clash I get it but he loves to complain. You, 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 bang, you clinch him and he's like being punched around the back of the head and he takes time off. It's fine for Takaru. He didn't mind. He was fine. Um, but that third round, the third round was a game of cat and mouse where the mouse is uh, armed with a baseball bat. Takaru wading through fire, throwing everything, tension, trying to get underneath the hooks. Takaru cracking him, backing him up, chasing him around. Tension desperately trying to cling on. Cracking Takaru with big punches. It was just carnage, chaos. Um, you know, the equivalent of, I guess, I don't know, uh, jousting on superbikes. Uh, it's just fucking mental. Um, and Tension won. All five judges picked him. Rightly so. Um, harrowing scenes afterwards. Um, Takaru loves to cry even when he wins, but that was a devastated young man. And he is young, even compared to me. Well, especially compared to me. Again, you can tell I'm really struggling to articulate my thoughts here. And I don't know if it makes for a good podcast or not, but it's an honest one. And uh, both these fighters are honest guys. They deserve honest opinions. And uh, that was horrible to see. But Takaru, he always said he was going to put it all on the line, and he did. In that loss, in this loss, this loss which has literally just happened... He was himself. I think that's all you can really ask for. I hope people say, well, if it's five rounds, you would have won. Well, he didn't get five rounds. He had to do it in three, and he was unable to do so. He lost fair and square. But I don't think anyone lost. They did, actually. K1 lost big. We'll get to that anyway. Takaru lost big because it meant so much to him. Tension won. Huge. 
goes over the boxing, what, 42 and 0 with 33 knockouts or something. Um, glittering amateur career as well. Just, uh, and he's 23 years old. He's 24 later this year. And yeah, fair play to him. Everyone always said, oh, attention, don't want to fight Takaru. He's the one holding it up. Well, he made it. And he gave it his all as well. Don't get wrong, there's some shit out three from him, but fucking hell, what do you expect? He's a smaller guy. He's doing everything he can to win. You can't watch what he just did and just not think he's the the best and greatest kickboxer of his generation, which makes him, by default, one of the greatest kickboxers we've ever seen. And for me, he's, he's, in terms of the overall skill set, the speed, the athleticism, just how rapid this guy is, punch placement, power... He's incredible. Probably the best kickboxer I've ever seen. Um, don't get me wrong. Just to add some context, you know, for a long time, the very best kickboxers in the world were big guys. So, you know, we haven't had a, a stunning era of, you know, many stunning eras of great small kickboxers. Um, but watch plenty more Muay as well. Tension's fantastic. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant fire. As is Takaru, but... Just mind-blowing. That first round, I watched through my hands in a way that I haven't since... Um, I haven't since Usyk versus Joshua. Before that, probably Usyk Gassiev. These are fighters I'm really, you know, in, you know enamoured with. Um, in high-stakes bouts that I'm concerned about. Pacquiao Mayweather was one of them. Hatton Pacquiao, Hatton Mayweather. I never really did that with Roy Jones Jr. Um, a, I used to watch it on like tape delay because I didn't have always have Sky Sports, so my neighbour had to tape it for me. But B, you never really worried about Roy Jones Jr. And as soon as he was shot, you just you knew he was shot. There was no tension anymore. If he got sparked out, it was like yeah, whatever. With this fight, I mean, you talk about the match in general and what a spectacle it was because it was a fantastic event Tokyo Dome sold out 25 million dollar gate which is reportedly according to uh, Beyond Kickboxing even higher than UFC's highest ever which was I think about 17 18 million for McGregor Alvarez which gives you an idea how huge this was but the spectacle itself and I was annoyed you know all the cranes and everything and had a bit of a Nassim Hamid feel to it with Takaru trying to sort of keep warm in the ring Tension would have had that as well if he'd come out first. Tension wasn't to keep him warm when he was just stood on a platform waiting a bit. Oh, it's not excuse making. It's, it's, it's fair for both of them. Um, but there was that kind of Nassi Hamid thing where he'd take shitloads of time with his entrance, and both of these guys did. I think Tension's actually a bit more concise, a bit faster than, than Takaru's. But I thought myself, just keep these guys in bubble wrap. Can they do, not just walk down the platform? But it all came off that hitch, so I'm glad they didn't. The fireworks, the, the spectacle, it's, it takes you back to the K1 Grand Prix, it takes you back to Pride, but if it felt bigger, it felt slicker, it felt it felt just um it felt unreal. It felt like the end of an era. And I just can't see how kickboxing itself is gonna continue after these two have left. I don't mean in terms of not being great, I mean I love kickboxing, but I don't see the next guys, you know, they can they were put an event on for this mag of this magnitude for it's, it felt special. The whole event felt special, and um, we're going to get into it. You know, I, I still want to keep riffing on this because 
your mind's blown. Um, and I feel like if I just keep talking, then what did Carl Pilkington once say? If you keep talking, eventually your mouth will come out with stuff, um, which is one of the worst theories I've ever heard. But in this instance, it seems to be quite fitting. Um, just trying to articulate my thoughts and hopefully, like, you know, you only go on a, a bender and two days later, you go, oh my God, I completely forgot about that. I'm embarrassed. But this is like, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot that moment because I wasn't watching this fight. I think the only fight I can desc- I can compare this to was Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo um, because when McGregor knocked Aldo out, I didn't see it happen despite looking at the screen. It's a very rare thing. I watch a lot of fights. It's just a very rare thing, this. I watched the fight. It was over very quickly. I didn't take my eyes off the screen. And yet my brain did not allow myself to process the imagery because it. my assumption is that it felt it wasn't true. My mate jumped up. He's fucking done him. He's knocked him out. He's fucking done him. And that was the first sort of alert that something happened it's really weird I've never really experienced that before or since until today where I kind of watched this fight and it was it was surreal it was surreal it, it's um it's been so built up this um you know it's been so built up to the extent that when I was around my partners yesterday she was saying look I don't think you should be here you're not yourself you're stressed. You're on edge. Are you all right? And she knew what it was about. No mystery. I get like this with big fights, but I haven't got like this before. It was a spectacle itself. It was exciting. It was also, you know, my temperament was being stretched to its limit anyway. Because I thought, what if I wake up at four o'clock in the morning UK time and the fucking VPN's blocked? Happy to say annoyingly, although during the third round that's the first time I got some pauses since the very first fight of the card um, the uh, VPN plus Abima pay-per-view worked absolutely fine um, yeah, third round it kind of crashed a bit so um, I didn't miss anything I don't think but um, I'll be looking forward to, to re-watching that round which was just insane um, but yeah um, you know, so I was worried you know, am, I, am I even going to be able to watch this? Happy to say I did. Um, I think it will take me a little while to really process this because I'm still hearing, as I say, those harrowing wails from Takaru. Although apparently he might be a bit of a, a bit of a gnarly uh, fucking in crest in the gym, which is known for you know spurring people on to be gnarly fucks um, in pretty disgraceful fashion. As far as I know, a nice kid and. Um, given us many great fight nights and as I say he likes to have a whale even after he wins but it's only because he cares he must have seen he was he was the last hope he was the last hope and we got to get on the rest of this card but if Takaru had won then K1 would have essentially evened it up on the night but as it stands unmitigated disaster for K1 um, too much talk about how sad it is that Takaru's lost to talk about tension a little bit more um, six ounce gloves which I liked um, dropping the bigger stronger man um, who has been dropped like once or twice I think that's the heaviest I've ever seen Takaru dropped 100% um, but yes Takaru made concessions but he agreed to him 
Tension had to make concessions too. I think they kind of evened it up by the fact, you know, Tension got fucking twatted with a headbutt and then still come back. It goes to show me that, you know, he's willing to put himself through through the ringer himself. So, let's just say they evened it up, eh? Tackler has to meet a rehydration clause, but Tension has his eye, one of his eyes uh, badly shut. Uh, one of them which was agreed beforehand and one of which was uh, against the rules. So, yeah, it was, Tension was breathtaking. His punch picking, his jab was phenomenal. Um, he was able to get off first, which I knew. I mean, Leona Pettis was able to do the same against uh, Takaru when he fought him. But, um, yeah, for me, um, tension was just on point. As he was coming down, he looked really, really focused. The kind of, you know, Takaru had the robe and, you know, he famous wears like the gladiator shorts, which usually annoy me. They're only cool when he wears them. Um, tension had like a varsity jacket on and. Team Tension and, you know, just looked cool as a cucumber. Looked very happy. He looked happy from the beginning of the event, actually, even though his, his brother lost um, and more on that in a minute. Um, but, yeah, I said he looks ready to paint his masterpiece. And in the ultimate sad, sadness, Hedge said, oh, fuck it, I'm going to pay attention by knockout. I just had a feeling he looked sharp. His body language looked absolutely spot on. And, um... I was pretty sure at that point that Takaru was going to lose. Which is why that third round was so astounding because there was a point where Takaru made me believe that he was going to do it. Um, but yeah, overall, it's tension tonight. It's both their nights, but tension gets to leave now. And if he does want to go to boxing, I saw him look around, just as an aside, I saw him look around this, this arena and I think he thought, fucking hell, yeah, man, this is what kickboxing can be. But it can't be that, like that consistently. And that's the problem. If it was, there'd be more impetus for Tenshin Nasukawa and Yoshiki Takai and other people that are uh, good good enough to carry kickboxing on their shoulders to stay. But these kind of uh, uh, nights are rare nowadays. So Tenshin is basically, in my opinion, earned the right to go and do whatever he fucking wants. As much as it's a loss to the sport, and this night feels like the end of an era for a sport in more ways than one. Um, boy, do whatever the fuck you want. And thank you for everything. Uh, I took a while to come round to you because you used to smash fighters that I liked. And you've gone out by smashing a fighter that I love. So, um, what can I say? Absolutely brilliant. Uh, no more adverts let's just fucking get on with it we're not going to you know insult any of you by peddling my wares you know what I mean let's have a look and see if um, there was any quotes going to uh, LJ's Twitter which is at 4th Avenue 520 so that's 4th F-O-U-R-T-H Avenue and then the number's 520 Um, one of the most essential follows if you're either if you're into Japanese combat sports already, you probably already will follow. But if you haven't, please, um, let's have a look before we move on to the rest of the card. Tension said, I did it. Thank you all for coming today. Thank you to all my fans who have been waiting for this match and Takaru for taking on this fight. I wanted to make this fight happen for a long time. It almost felt like a relationship, you know, getting dumped repeatedly. I'm so glad I was able to have this fight in Tokyo Dome. Thank you all for watching, becoming living proof that I've won. Because of Takaru, 
I was able to become stronger. I had an opponent for the longest time, but it couldn't happen because of COVID and other reasons. But because all of you willed for it, we can make it happen. That's right, today is my last kickboxing match, isn't it? Wasn't it awesome? I'm so happy we had this event. By winning today, I think I can finally tell myself that I am strong. I feel so happy. Today is my last day in kickboxing, but I hope the kickboxing industry can come together as a whole. I think the fight industry especially has a special power. It's over for me, but let's keep doing this all over again. I don't care about politics. Let's do this. Thank you, everyone. And finally, what's today? Father's Day. Dad, thank you. There were a lot of things between us, but I think I gave you a good present. I did good, right? Aren't I a good son? That's it for today. Thank you all. Kakatogi is the best. Combat sports in Japanese. Um, can't help but get a little bit choked up by that, as my own father is downstairs. A guy I'm, might not surprise you. I'm very fond of. Um, yeah. Just says move on to the rest of the card. Not much else that can be said about a fight that delivered in every single way. So let's try and uh, pick it back up. I stopped the recording for a second just to pull myself back together. Not crying or anything, guys, but you know, fucking hell. Feels like, yeah, I don't know, it feels like a, a simultaneously a weight off my shoulders and an anvil dropping on my head. Um, extremely powerful. Um, speaking of not very powerful, uh, Ryujin Nasukawa, which is Tenshin's little brother, lost to super prospect multi-amateur champion Rui Akubo. Um, I'm just going to go through my notes for the rest of the card. Um, anything which, any narratives which I particularly like, I'll, I'll jump on and sort of talk a bit more about it. But uh, I said earlier on, just when I was in really good spirits and making little jokes, that uh, Ryujin has something in common with his brothers that he, he likes to moan for any minor infractions. Um, Akubo, brilliant, uh, spinning back kick to the gut, which was nice, no knockdown called. Um, Tension was at ringside urging his brother on. Uh, Akubo had lovely, lovely knees, instep knees throughout the fight. Um, Ryujin was bleeding from the nose, he did fight back towards the end. Um, both 1-0 prospects, fair play to them both for taking it on. What a way to uh, go 2-0 for Akubo, who, who won uh, clearly and uh, is probably one of the best prospects to check out in the sport. I, I mentioned uh, uh, Yuta Matsuyama on the other day, who was another prospect who was highly touted out of the amateurs. Um, he's 2-1 uh, and one now and had a particularly tough fight in Crush. Um, he's not quite it yet, uh, but Rui Akubo, keep your eye on him. And uh, Basically, he, they opened up the show and it was a really fun little fight. And I really was looking forward to it because it was going to tell us a lot about both prospects. Um, I don't think Nascar will ever really have it. Uh, Ryujin, that is. Um, but um, he's going to be a certainly a good prospect going forward. I hope, I hope he sticks it out. I hope he proves me wrong. And uh, as for Rui Kubo, a uh, rare bright light for K1 after today. Then we had the opening ceremony, which, uh, you know, gave me all the feels. The pride feels, the K1 feels, the old days feels. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, we had Takada in there, which was just fucking awesome. Um, yeah, I just wrote, opening ceremony, amazing. Takada in the ring, setting it all off. Gave me old K1 and pride feelings. Uh, the second bout was the one I was most looking forward to outside the main event. Akihiro Kanako versus Masahiko Suzuki. Suzuki, the wild man of Rise. And Kanako, probably K1's uh, brightest star uh, coming up. Um, 
Kanaka are reliably informed by by top kickboxing uh, tweeter. Uh, Carrier fan was a swimmer until he was in his late teens, and then decided just to try kickboxing and uh, went to a gym, same gym he's at now, and just fucking just winged it. And it turns out he's really good at it. Um, I like him. He's patient. He reminds me more of a Dutch style kickboxer. High guard, low kicks, lovely uh, hook, um, lovely jab first and first and foremost. Ramrod jab. Every punch frame with power, but nice hooks, nice uppercuts. Does everything nice. Sort of like, you know, for the boxing fans, he's like a boxer-puncher type. That's the kind of comparison I make. Suzuki's this kind of long, Hearns-esque, again, for a comparison that you guys can, like a, a flagpole that you can cling on to. He's this wild, long, aggressive fighter. Um, basically, I thought that Kaneko did brilliantly in the first round, but Suzuki came on late and then in uh, round two Suzuki every time he can get inside a jab and range he's able to get shots off to the body kicks knees um, really brutal body shots every time it was at jab and range Kaneko was bossing it um, Suzuki was countering with low kicks it wasn't an area I thought he had the edge in that was still Kaneko's game but um, there was a big left hook in that round Suzuki no sailed it and just kept going um, and Suzuki was putting the pressure on which always looks good to the judges um, at round 3 I made a note and obviously it's been what the best part of 10 hours nearly uh, since this fight took place. actually it's not true 10 hours since I woke up um, it was uh, Suzuki's cross counter versus Kanako's left hook those are the big shots in this round uh, Kanako was bloodied up they were both steaming into each other and Suzuki was piling it on late and Kaneko looked far worse at the end. Both landed plenty of hard blows throughout. Tried their best, put the other man out. Uh, two cards to Suzuki and a draw. Fantastic, competitive fight. Brilliant, great to see. Uh, K1 goes down straight away. One and one. Um, that fight was just really good. Um, it's hard to really recommend. I'll recommend these as I go, but comparatively to the main event, everything feels like a lot. Not just a long time ago, but. Um, with, with the exception of one other fight, this feels like it pales in comparison. But these are two of the best sort of young fighters in the game. I think Kanako's at 23, Suzuki's 25. Um, you should watch everything you can on these two uh, outside of this event. They're both fantastic. They really top-loaded this card um, with interesting fights. Um, Masashi Kumura versus Shiro. Uh, again, two of the absolute best fighters in their weight class. Um, they've all fought Kaneko and Suzuki funnily enough Shiro beat Suzuki and Kaneko and Kimura won one each um, their last fight was fucking amazing uh, if you want to check out a fight check out Masashi Kimura versus uh, Kaneko the second one um, Kimura is a really interesting fighter he's kind of upright patient just gets in your face gradually really nice left hook snappy kicks will just basically ease his way in follow you around high guard pepper you away and then boom and that's basically what happened in this fight um, I thought Shiro was getting doing a really good job of getting off first um, Shiro is a fighter who either fucking annihilates you or is quite tepid to watch um, great guy trains out in Thailand a lot every time he gets a fight some of that purse is going to Thailand to help underprivileged people. So um, he's obviously a fantastic, fantastic guy. But you know, we've got to be as uh, fair as we can in terms of analysis, and he, he is sometimes tepid. He was doing a lot of... What he does is 
pop shots off, lateral movement, pivots out, reset, just keeps you sort of moving. Masashi Kimura's fine with that, because he just edges forward. Um, and uh, I said in round two, feels like Shiro is landing four to one, but Kimura is always edging closer behind his high guard. Easy Shiro round, and as a type there, then Kimura clobbers him with a cross counter at the death. As per the rules, that's a Kimura round. So it's important to knock people down in kickboxing, and you know, it shows willing, it, it looks good, it's aggressive, they love it. So it was his round. Um, I said round three, Kimura come flying out the gates, and Shiro started making a really wise adjustment. He started throwing punches and bunches, which con- which forced Kimura to concede ground. Um, jumping knee from Kimura. He probably landed the harder shots in the round, but not as many. He won the decision. I could just about see round three to him, so it made sense given the big round two. Just enthralling fight. Super important to the state of the division. K1 went 2-1 up. Uh, about four, one so much about Riamu versus uh, Mitsuki uh, Ibata. That's uh, Rui Ibata's brother. Uh, I like Riamu. He's a crush champ, but this fight was tepid and awful, and, and Ibata won, and it was uh, 2-2. Rise, uh, K1-2, Rise-2. Um, not not one you'd want to remember, although the extension round was the most fun round of the fight. But unless you're a completist, one to miss. Kazane versus uh, Toma Kuroda. I was really looking forward to this one. Uh, Toma has uh, recently won K1 uh, Grand Prix at, at Bantam. And uh, Kazane is a, just a really talented young fighter. Last seen, given tension, a really fucking hard fight. Um... As the uh, dog man, who was such a brilliant guest on this week's uh, podcast, uh, pointed out, Kazane loves an extension round, and that's where he won this one. Uh, strike picking, punch picking, tepid at times. Interesting in terms of seeing two young, interesting and quality fighters go at it. Um, but yeah, I'd say one for sort of um, complete. It's only it's a nice, fast-paced bout between Rise and Stars. Second round was really sweet. Kazane blitzing in. Kuroda meeting him with nice intercepting knee. Nice exchanges, changes in the third. Extension round, Kazane takes it, really good round. Nothing out of the ordinary, but like like both fighters. So, yeah, I was really looking forward to that one. Didn't really meet my expectations, but still really interesting. Uh, at this point, with K1-2, Rise 3. Rise are taking the lead. Um, Crush champ, Chihiro Nakajima versus shootboxer Yuki Kasahara, who was... Uh, He's from shootboxing, but he represents Rise. He's fought from before. He got blitzed by tension inside of a round, and he's a good fighter. Um, yeah, it was all right for me. Uh, Nakajima got uh, dropped by a... Uh, I wrote a flurry, but when I rewatched it, it was a 2-3. It's a left straight set up, then right hook uh, dropped uh, Nakajima. Uh, pretty clear Kasahara win for me, and uh, he took it. So just running through the card here. It's 2-4 at this point. Rise is 4-2 up. Um, then 200 kilo fights. Notable fighters if you watch K1, but couldn't give a fuck. I'm not even counting them amongst the score. In terms of my score, anyway. Um, when you tally it all up, it is important to the scorecard. It's two wins, but just comical stuff. Um, Satara at least knocked someone out. Uh, that was all you really want to say about that. Um... So yeah, that was uh, about seven and eight, about nine. Bayonetta versus uh, Wajima, which was, I thought was really, really, really good performance from Hiromi Wajima. He's been on a really good form as of late. He retired uh, uh, Minoru Kimura, just battered him, and he beat Himalayan Cheetah, and he's had a long career, and 
um, despite only being uh, 27. And uh, he can bang, and he showed it in this fight. Uh, my notes on the fight, and I, I really enjoyed this, by the way, because I wanted Bano to lose. I know, I know the entrance was amazing, and he's a notable fighter, and he's given us some good scraps, but, um, you know, couldn't give a fuck. He's not giving kickboxing uh, his full uh, attention. Um, I just said a Wadjman was walking him down. Uh, Bainoa was so gay. He dropped him near the end of the first round with a left hand. Bainoa was so game in round two, but he was taking an absolute pasting. It was one point where a left straight clobbered him and his knees dipped badly. Um, Bainoa got dropped again in round three, but Wadjman did look tired um, and Bainoa fought really, really well. So, best of both worlds. He got a pasting, but he also fought well. Fair play. Uh, Wadjman won really well and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing. At least K1 got someone going back with some glory. Um, at this point, it's 4-3 uh, to rise, excluding the big lumps, which would make it 5-4 to K1. But as I say, not really fair to include them. Um, uh, Ashes Hour versus Yarman, which was just everyone was looking forward to. Uh, Four-ounce MMA gloves. Happy to say it wasn't like the moulded type, kind of like Shooto gloves instead. Um, five seconds in, Ashes Hour ran in, got lumped and dropped. Sloppy brawl. Yarman got the better of every single exchange. Ashes Hour dropped by a right hook and it's over in under two minutes. Short and sweet. Just what I wanted to see. Um, Ashes Hour, I'm, 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 I'm reliably informed he's a massive star on the internet. Gets like hundreds of thousands of views for an Instagram live video. He knows how to market himself, old catfish. And uh, he got a pasting. And uh, yeah, fine. Yeah, man, good fighter for Rise, and I like him basically every time I've seen him. He's been in some absolute bangers. Fight with uh, with Kuji on uh, was that on, was that a Rising card? Was that on was that on Rise? It's a New Year's Eve card. Oh, so much fun, so much fun. But um, yeah, man, makes a habit of being in fun fights. Um, strange fella, um, you know. Loves loves to talk about his street farm credentials, and but he's worked his way up out of nothing to be a uh, to have a degree degree in architecture. And for me, given the fact that he's um he's well known, makes a big name for himself. Rice should do everything they can to keep hold of him uh, because he's going to be marketable for them, hundred percent. Big shock of the night, uh, and at this point, Rice five three up. Leone Pettis versus Ken Nakamura. Now I've said I thought Leone would be a level above. There were moments where it looked like he was going to be. I was really worried early. Nakamura can bang. Very fast, athletic fighter. Um, early on, Leona was really struggling with the speed. Um, I've, I've noted here, Nakamura might blow himself out, mind you. Um, and he did to an extent. Um, Leona came out of a shower a bit in the last 30 seconds. And in the second round, adjusted really well. Found his timing for the right hand. Ships some good lefts, but generally won the range battle. Um, I thought Leona was going to take over at that point. Uh, the owner Pettis, for you that don't know, was one half of the in the very first episode of Combat Chronicles. We did fights of the year of last year. Fight of the year was Takaru. Oh God, just remember that he lost again. Takaru versus Leona Pettis. Um and uh, Leona in the third round was much too passive. He was in the corner. He was sort of slipping shots, reflexive defense, but um, very smart adjustment. We had a smart adjustment from Leona, who's obviously a lot more experienced than, than Nakamura. Nakamura then made a very smart adjustment, punching in bunches, targeting the body, which took away obviously Leona's slip in the head movement, and then then he piled it on upstairs. Clearly landed the better shots. Clearly won the fight. Uh, Leona was just too tepid. Um, it's not like him. I would have thought he would have went to war, but I think uh, you know once he was challenged, 
but I think um, the, the the hand speed really sort of irked him. And I don't think he was able to really consistently gauge range. Um, Nakamura, again, quality for Rise. Um, this little Tonk, looks like an MMA fire. Tonk little fast Balfour-esque uh, body. Um, just quality, though. And it just picks up a fucking amazing scalp. 6-3 Rise at this point. Uh, and Taiju, I've never been a particular fan of finding quite one pace boxer type. Uh, Gonapar fucking wiped him out. Um, Gonapar, former uh, K1 champ. Um, obviously, Tai, uh, really good kickboxer. Uh, was not a notable stadium Muay Thai fighter or anything. He primarily is a kickboxer, as far as I know. Um, what I've noticed here about the end sequence is a lot of feeling out, but the, the end sequence really liked Gonapar. Uh, lead right hand, kick to lead right, then 2-3 combo. Just gave Taiju a couple of different looks in order to find the best way to fucking decapitate him. And uh, I said, open him up like a tin of beans. Easy work. Uh, some nice glory for K1. It's 6-4 at this point. And we get one I was really looking forward to. Uh, Kosei Yamada, who I'm reliably informed by Karate Pathfinder and his team, that a man in his uh, account while he's on holiday. Uh, vacation, as they call it on the other side of the Atlantic. Um, Kosei Yamada, who's a quality uh, Kyokushin uh, fighter, um, with a very really good record. He's, he's really good in rise, good fun fighter to watch. Um, versus Rukia Ampo, who's just a fucking warmonger, um, glass cannon, great to watch, very creative. Um, for me, Rukia Ampo bossed this fight. He looked bigger, he looked longer. Well, he was bigger and longer. Um, I've said round two, Ampo punching off a flying knee throwaway is quintessential Ampo, which is, yeah, about right. Half-heartedly throws a flying knee just so he can crack you with a right hand on the way down. Um, Yamada was a lot more aggressive in the third round. Um, there was a nice pullback right uppercut from him. I thought he was countering uh, Ampo's taller and longer, leaning over. Um, then a counter right uppercut as well. Um, but Ampo easily won the fight for me. Um, and based on the fight we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, still some interesting fights to be made around that weight. Um, at this point, we're 6-5. Right, 6-5. We're really K176. But as I say, we're not including the big hosses. At about 14, Hideaki Yamazaki versus Kento Haraguchi. Uh, I knew this was going to be depressing. Yamazaki, hard career, hard sparring. He's 35. Um, Haraguchi hasn't, I think... Probably since Patch Panarong went up, sent over to Glory, do a demolition job on him, and just took the piss out of him. Um, he's just seemed sloppy lately, but more than enough, it was a sloppy shootout. Um, Yamazaki down twice in the first, all over the shop. Yamazaki came out swinging after Haraguchi tried to finish him off in the, in the second, but um, it was Yamazaki's only chance. Well known warmonger himself, um, but his chin is officially gone for good, and he was saved by the ref. Um, I call it a depressing shootout. That's it. We all knew it was going to be. I think some people thought, you know what? Araguchi hasn't seen himself as of late. But even if that's true, and he's getting into sloppy brawls a lot more than he used to in his uh, prime when uh, Yod, who runs Beyond Kickboxing, was uh, ranking him favourably in the pound for pound top 10. Um, he was on a really good run. It was enough. It was enough to beat Yamazaki. There's some really nice words after the fight. Yamazaki needs to retire. An old favourite who was. Uh, Fucked, in my opinion. His chin is gone. Um, if you've listened to a podcast about kickboxing, which is the one I recommended um, when the Dogman came on, 
on the podcast, you will know the stories about Yamazaki. Um, it, if you follow J Kick on J Kick being Japanese kickboxing for the uninitiated on Twitter, you might have seen the video before of Yamazaki getting his fucking head taken off by a cruiserweight because in Crest, as I alluded to earlier with Takaru, they 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 spar in unsafe conditions. Um, so getting older, plenty of hard fights, getting knocked out in the gym. Coming off a horrific first round knockout, chucked straight in with a younger, uh, sharper, fresher opponent uh, who's still one of the best around that weight. It was only ever going to end really badly for Yamazaki. I would say Haraguchi is officially back, in quote marks, um, but I've noted here, for fuck's sake, keep him away from the likes of Petch Parangrong. I'll say the likes. There ain't too many that are that good, but I was flagging at this point a little bit tired. Um, at this point, Rise is 7 5 up. So if Noyuri wins, it's going to be 7-6. It's down to Takaru to even it up on my scorecard. But after this fight, it's actually 8-5. And then I said, you know what, fuck it, I'll give K1 the two cruiserweight wins, and then Takaru can even it up then. Whatever way you look at it, Rise won this event. Masaka Noyuri versus Kaito. Some people say Kaito's not a Rise fighter. He's not on the K1 bracket, is he? And he's fought for Rise. He's he's a Rise fighter. I don't care that he's a shoot boxer. This fight was the, intriguing. Brilliant. Um, it was one of the fights I was most intrigued for, even though I'd only seen like maybe two fights of Kaito. I don't really watch shoot boxing, like follow the sport. Obviously, I've seen it before. I think it's really cool. Don't watch enough, watch enough of it. Went back, found some more footage. Kaito knocking out the uh, previously... The aforementioned uh, Rukia Ampo, for instance, um, I only seen him fight live once, which was the uh, when he knocked out Bayanoa in about 30 seconds, I think, earlier on in the year. A fighter who's after Masaki Noiri's heart. Uh, if any of you follow Jack Slack on, on Twitter, and if you listen to this podcast, I imagine you do, you'll see that he said that Noiri's his favourite striker, pound for pound, worldwide right now, regardless of sport, essentially, and has been for a while. Um... I mean, he's literally watched him live and in the flesh. Been a fan of his for years. Uh, Noiri for the uninitiated as well is uh, he was a karate kid, golden boy, prodigy, the best you've ever seen, essentially. Um, prospect, and uh, he's had some ups and downs over the years. Um, he's going to feature on a future episode of Closet Classics, by the way. Um, but he is just a consummate technician. Um, very mentioned uh, Masashi Kimura earlier similar to the extent that he's a patient uh, pressure builder um, but he's got every shot in the book brutal body puncher, great knees um, just knows how to dissect an opponent but Kaito was a man after his own heart I've said here in the first round it was lovely stuff both men somewhat of a mirror image of each other with probing kicks and inside work but Kaito for me was landing the big shots and, and a really big straight hand that got Noiri's attention and I, at this point I thought uh, fuck I think Noiri's going to lose this he did land a, a, a high kick and, and a right hand towards the end but Kaito was doing what Noiri does but he was sharper uh, round two and this was the, the crux of the fight lovely round mainly contested and close these guys were coming forward behind high guards they were fighting close sort of Kia Kashin sort of uh, sort of uh, ranged right next to each other just getting shots around the guard body shots little kicks down low trying to probe for a mistake these guys are both just doing little things taking little shots trying to see what reads 
would would provide them with the best looks. Really, really nice stuff. Um, Nairi got rocked at the end, right hand through the guard. Somehow it was another even round, which I thought was weird. Um, I thought Kaito was pretty much clearly two new up at this point. Uh, I sent round three again, an even round to start off. Lovely pocket boxing sequence from Noiri. Um, when it's pretty much the same every time he fights, it's absolutely beautiful. I said when Kaito throws in combination, he causes Noiri uh, issues. That was true. Um, Noiri does come behind a high guard, but he will sort of reflexively slip shots, uh, sort of bob and weave, and he was just getting his uh, his radar sort of overloaded whenever Kaito was throwing uh, two, three, four shots at a time. Um, another super close round that was a close round um, as I said given the other two it will surely go to an extension it, the fix was in and it did go to an extension and in the extension round I had Kaito landing the quality concise combos Noiri with a nice knee Noiri briefly resorted to shoe shining at one point because he was really struggling to get through Kaito's guard and in a kind of call and response thing whenever Nori did something I thought Kaito was doing it better Last 30 seconds, Kaito walks onto a big right hand. Nori with a hard kick. Kaito should win this fight. I think he deserved to win the fight anyway. And he did. He won that extension round uh, on all the cards. Nori looked shocked. It, only he knows what it was like being in there. But, you know, watching the fight, uh, I mean, maybe Nori was like, look, the, I feel my shots going in there bigger and his shots aren't affecting me. Look, he knows it better than me. Also, he's, you know, he's a fighter who doesn't want to act like he's been on a great one run recently. Losing to a fucking shoot boxer when you're, you know, as I say, the prodigy of kickboxing and, and well respected and, and one of the best sort of young veterans in the sport, and he is a young veteran, um, can't feel good. But, but as an independent uh, bystander, um, I thought he clearly lost the fight. I think he maybe had the share of a round or two because they were so competitive, but um, the right man won. And Kaito afterwards said there's no more challenges in Japan. Well, you know, he beat Ampo years back. He's just beaten Noiri. Um, I'd like to think that Rise or, or even K1 will give him a deal. And he says Kaito, want, he wants to go abroad and fight people. Well, uh, at that sort of weight, what's he going to do? Is he going to go over to one? Maybe. He won't let him wear the cool shoot boxing pants, though. Brings us all the way back round. Tension versus Takaru. It was 8-5 at this point. Ends up 9-5 to rise. Have I thought about anything since? Has anything else come to mind? No. No, it hasn't. I think I said everything I need to say at the moment about tension and Takaru. Um, nothing else springs to mind from a technical standpoint. Nothing else from a narrative standpoint. But let's talk about this event as a whole. Yes. It had a big fight feel even from earlier on. Tokyo Dome must have been a nightmare for the spectators, depending on where you were sat. It's not great for the spectator, great for the viewer at home. As I say, I was happy enough with the presentation, even if it did dip out at probably the least opportune moment possible during the third round of Takaru attention. But, um, yeah, overall, as an event, it was fantastic. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, brilliantly done. Just so slick, so great. Gives me hope for kickboxing. But it's bittersweet because the two brightest lights left it all in the ring and it's over. Where does kickboxing go from here? Maybe if Kanako had won, you go, yeah, the K1 have got a new big star, but he lost to Suzuki, a guy who's lost attention twice already. Can't 
hang our hopes on these guys' leftovers. We need big stars. Is it Masashi Komoro, who the aforementioned Dogman ranks as the basically the best young star of uh, of K1? Is it uh, Hirotaka Asahisa? Both Asahisa brothers, conspicuous by their absence when Team K1 fucking needed them the most. Uh, Hirotaka has basically said he was waiting for, for Takaru. Well, fucking joke's on you, mate, because you could have fought on the biggest kickboxing card in the history of kickboxing, and now you're not going to get your fight against Takaru either. Is that all going to hang my hopes on for being K1's next big star? As quality as he is, and he is quality. The Asahisa Dojo is fucking awesome. There's a mystique around these these two, even though you know, Teo recently lost. Um, it doesn't... It, 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 I can't. I can't do it. Sorry, guys. Where's it going to come for K1? Rise have beaten them, and yet, you know, and as I said, there's a couple of really bright lights for them. Guys that could potentially be crossover stars. I'm not seeing any pound-for-pound pound superstars. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying they can't be interesting fighters or fun fighters or, you know, entertaining fighters or popular fighters. I guess what I'm trying to get at is that Tension versus Takaru was a perfect storm. It led to the perfect event. The match. The reason you can't really see this envisioning this sort of future for the Japanese kickboxing scene and therefore the international kickboxing scene because it's such, you know, Japanese kickboxing is, is, is ubiquitous in terms of the sport itself. And as you can see from this event, they're still putting on the fucking the best events. Um, in terms of a presentation standpoint, it's nothing really feels like Japanese combat sports. As much as British boxing tries to uh, ape that sort of style, I'm sorry guys, but when there's more fights in the crowd and most people go to get coked up rather than actually take part and enjoy the uh, the proceedings, it's just not got quite got that same feeling, I'm afraid. Um, you can put 95,000 in Wembley. I don't give a fuck. It's not the same. Um, so, yeah, like, where does Japanese kickboxing go from here? Because the only way is down. Maybe a Fuji TV deal would have inspired loads of kids who would have seen Takaru crying and say, God, that, that guy's inspired me. Look how much he loves kickboxing they would have seen tension do it and go that little guy just beat up the big guy and i want to go down the karate dojo monday after school and i'm gonna do it that's what these kids are they had fucking k1 on fuji that you know, they were little kids during the boom the combat sports boom the only way is down because when would this ever happen? How did it happen? It seems impossible. But it did. Tenshin Nasukawa fought Takaru. And he beat him. We were waiting for it for years. It looked like that accidental headbutt might scupper it. It looked like the craned entrance might scupper it when they had to go from one crane to another. Takaru looked scared. He looked nervous. He had so much weight on his shoulders. He got dropped. He pulled himself back together. A Herculean effort. Befitting the man, the fight we've watched all these years. He didn't get the result he wanted, but we got to see the man, Takaru, fight as we know and love him. Intention proved himself. 
once and for all, one of the greatest fighters of his generation, regardless of sport, a ludicrously gifted, talented individual, did his homework, turned his back on some recent fairly uninspiring performances, although, you know, that's, that's good for this narrative. It's not necessarily true, but it's very good for this wrapping up part of the podcast. But he did, he turned his back on his performances and he was as dynamic as he's ever been. This was arguably, uh, you know, given the, the given the opponent, given the situation, given the event, given the match, the most iconic and impressive performance of, of Young Tension Nascau's long career. It's hard to see where the Japanese kickboxing scene goes because there's fucking prospects everywhere, but these two are just... They are iconic fighters if you follow the sport or if you follow all combat sports. Anyone listening to this, you probably would have found me on Twitter. Have you ever seen more people talking about something on a Sunday morning? Have you ever seen more people talking about one fight? Honestly, like this is as big as a McGregor Prime fight night. You know what I mean? As big as Pacquiao, Mayweather. Everyone was talking about this fight. My DMs have never been more full with people... Begging for streams. I bought the pay-per-view, guys. It worked. Well worth the risk. Um, I'll take that risk again if there was a card worth paying for. And you know what? There's a lot of cards I think that are worth paying for, but it's hard to put into words how momentous and historic this event felt. And for it to end with, yes, as a Takaru fan, as a K1 fan, somewhat subdued with the ending it was sad to see someone you know so emotional about his cause something he sees as his cause he lost the he lost the match and he and he didn't get to lose it i think if he'd got it on national tv he would have been happy that was you know takaru's will was not just for him but for the sport kickboxing itself how does that not pain you i don't give a fuck if you're attention nascawa stan as people say super fan how does that not fucking tear your soul but we got to see tension put on a masterclass as well, and be tested. It just doesn't get any better than that in any combat sport. Maybe the only thing that'd be better was maybe two more rounds or just a guaranteed fourth round, whatever. We didn't get it. That's fine. But you watch that fight and tell me you weren't impressed. Tell me you weren't entertained. Tell me you weren't fucking in awe. Your jaw hadn't dropped at sequences during that fight or you weren't looking through your fingers like I was and you're fucking lying just got to wrap it up here really and I because the perfect end to this weekend was the fight we saw Tension Nascauer defeats Takaru by decision in the match if you enjoyed this podcast then I'm going to give you a little plug for the Patreon, www.patreon.com slash combat chronicles. Hope you got to see the match, hope you enjoyed it, and it was a fun uh, experience in the build-up with you all, and, uh, and, and, and and the fight night itself, or, you know, fight morning for, for some of us, but it's just very difficult put into words how fantastic it was, wasn't it? Wasn't it absolutely brilliant? Tension and Takaru, we salute you. Thank you for everything, for all the fights, all the memories, and in particular for 
the match. See you all next time. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.